So if you call me and you say, hey, Dan, should I uh, buy this truck, for example? I know I can get a tax deduction. Should I buy this truck? Well, what are we trying to get closer to? Because a strategy that might save you in taxes might get you further away from what you actually want because we're tying off your cash. So if what you really wanted was to uh, invest in real estate or you wanted to buy 10 more hours of free time and we invest in this truck or we do this thing to pay less in tax, now we've got further away from what we want. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of the None of Your Business podcast. Today, we are talking about everybody's favorite topic on the planet. Anybody who's made at least a dollar in your life, I know that you love talking about taxes. We're not just talking only taxes. We want to talk about tax implications, how they impact your business and your financial strategies moving forward. Because I know, after all, not only are we here on this planet to serve, to make an impact through the service that we provide to humanity, but we are also here attempting to leave a legacy for our families and beyond. Everybody is striving to achieve generational wealth. And in order to do that, you need to understand the financial game. I know that a lot of people might not love talking about this, but I guarantee you this, today's guest is going to make it palatable. And I guarantee you this as well, that you are going to learn an awful lot. It's going to make you think, it's going to make you contemplate, and it's going to be, it's going to challenge you, but it's going to be absolutely vitally important. Today's guest is Dan Nicholson from Nth Degree CPAs. He is the author of a book that's coming out in summer 2021 called Rigging the Game, The Four Commandments of financial certainty. Please welcome in Dan Nicholson to None of Your Business Podcast. What's up, Dan? Hey, Sean, how you doing? Well, you know, most of the time when people have the occasion to talk to their CPA, it's usually not something they're looking forward to. I am looking forward to today's conversation um, because we're going to attempt to help people to better understand taxes um, and the role they play in managing their business. Um, you talk about, and I love this concept that taxes are largely behavioral based and it's a matter of understanding the game, right? That's why rigging the game. Tell me about that. How are they behavioral based? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. It's an important question. It's like most things in life, right? Uh, finance and tax is no different that, that, uh, if you want to get forward in your business, you probably have to change your behavior. If you want to have better relationships, you probably have to change your behavior. So, uh, there's the thing that many people don't, most people don't understand about the federal tax code is that it's behavior based. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So if you're an investor, on average, you pay zero to 20% tax. If you're a big corporation, 25% or less. In fact, most corporations are paying little to no tax. If you're an individual, 30 to 50%, small business owner, 40 to 60%. So if we want to access the same rates as the investor or the big corporation, then we have to behave the way that they do. 
I usually make this reference, you know, pick your favorite billionaire, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, I don't, you know, whoever is your favorite billionaire, they don't wake up on April 15th and find out that they owe a bunch of money in taxes, right? That would be ridiculous. And no one's surprised to hear that these folks uh, have a business plan for their finances, a business plan for their taxes. What are we going to do now? What are the trigger points for those things uh, when our structures will change and it's evolving and they're, they're taking advantage of the preferential rates. So when tax law changes, which it's always changing, every year there are changes, they already know what they're gonna do next, right? And so we have to have the business plan for our, our taxes, know the trigger points. That's the, the key, number one keystone behavior. Number two keystone behavior is largely uh, do the opposite. It's the old uh, uh, saying, uh, from Charlie Munger, uh, Warren Buffett's uh, longtime business partner, when the answer is not readily apparent, do the opposite. So most of these big corporations, investors are doing the exact opposite of what most individuals or business owners are doing. And I can elaborate on that if you'd like. Yeah, well, I want to then, now that we have proven that you know what the heck you're talking about, let's hear a little <laughs> bit about your background story. Um, so I want to make sure that our audience knows that um, I didn't meet you in a BNI meeting and uh, you gave a phenomenal elevator speech about taxes. Um, you have a, a strong background in finance um, and, and understanding this. Um, and that's kind of why for me it was super important because I've watched you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. You relate very well with entrepreneurs because you yourself are an entrepreneur. So tell us a little bit about your background and nth degree. Yeah, I have a little bit of an identity crisis going on, I guess you could say, which is that uh, everything in my formal background would say this guy is an accountant. And I happen to know a lot about accounting and uh, have a CPA license, but I don't consider myself to be an accountant. Uh, I joke that I know my I've done something to upset my wife when she introduces me as an accountant. It's like, oh, did, did I do something nefarious in like a dream last night where you're pissed off at me and now you're uh, introducing me as an accountant? Because I think about myself as an entrepreneur first who happens to know a lot about accounting you we have these like pre-wired notions of what an accountant is and what they do and most accountants are just archaeologists they just dig up the past and i'm all about the future you know behavior based let's go out and grab the things that that we want so growing up constantly scheming on business ideas mostly bad ones nothing to uh nothing illegal or anything but uh mostly bad ideas parents got to rein me in on that I uh, went off to college originally as a marketing major and uh, and then for a variety of reasons got convinced that, hey, there's a ton of Fortune 500 CEOs that have accounting degrees. So you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur or grow a business, accounting probably going to be the best skill set for you. So you got an accounting degree, an information systems degree, thinking, okay, combination of those two, technology, language of business. <clears throat> and then uh, not at all on my radar but went in the exact opposite direction, took a total U-turn, I think went as far away from entrepreneurship as you can go, which is I did a fellowship at the board that writes all the accounting standards in the US. And so it's sort of the um, equivalent of graduating law school and then clerking for the Supreme Court. So um, I can tell you writing an accounting standard, not, not entrepreneurial, but I worked on a super, super niche standard uh, on derivatives and hedging activities. So if you've heard of hedge funds and all that stuff um, um, helped write an accounting standard around that. And so that put my career in a whole weird trajectory. 
Uh, I usually say I basically spent the next 10 years helping billionaires make more billions. That's kind of what you do in the derivatives hedging space. Um, <clears throat> so I worked at a, uh, one of the big uh, CPA firms, uh, worked for a Warren Buffett-backed company getting ready to go public, uh, worked in strategic finance uh, with the now CFO of Roku, this guy Steve Loudon, and then I worked in tax. So I've kind of done all the different things. And then long story long, I realized maybe I'm pretty good at this accounting <laughs> the finance thing. And there's an opportunity to do something different in the CPA space. Uh, and that's sort of been the basis of my firm for the last almost 11 years now is trying to be innovative in a space that you wouldn't generally consider to be innovative at all and help the small business owner understand how to modify their behavior. Right. And, you know, you, we've done work with, with Dan, Lacey and I, who you see on the podcast with me, many of the Black Diamond Club members um, are using um, Nth Degree. Um, a majority of my private clients use Nth Degree and for good reason. Um, tell me about rigging the game. So for every book that's written, um, either the author is writing it because they want to see their name on a book or there's some motive that they're attempting to solve for some problem. Um, and so they're writing the book so that the reader who reads the book will be enlightened and have some sort of a problem solved. Um, what was your purpose in writing rigging the game yeah um i'm always trying to run a few different races and anything that i do that's sort of a uh thing i borrow from hedging and uh derivatives i mean using derivatives and hedging is is really about rigging the game making sure that you're okay with every possible outcome let's eliminate all the bad stuff so we're only okay with every possible scenario and so uh i have this accounting firm uh, as, as you mentioned, but really what I do for people is, is in my opinion, is I help them achieve financial certainty. I heard this uh, equation a few years back, anxiety equals uncertainty times powerlessness. And it was sort of this aha moment of, yeah, that's, that's what I do, just drop in financial. But some people come to me, they may be a startup business or they might have hundreds of millions, they have financial anxiety. It's hard to relate maybe to the person who's got the hundreds of millions, but more money, more problems. They've got some anxiety. My job is to give them more power, <clears throat> increase their uh, increase their certainty. And so uh, tax, paying less in tax is one of the ways that we can do that. But what I realized was I kept getting uh, the same questions, uh, but the answer was different depending on the person. Right. And so uh, that makes it difficult to scale a service based business. If you could have two people come in who have the same background, who have very similar businesses, and you're going to give different recommendations to two different folks. Like for accountants, we're very, my staff typically very linear. So they want a flow chart, but there's dynamic complexity in working with folks. And so I realized that most business decisions someone's facing is a preference, there's no right or wrong. The business exists to serve you, get closer to the things that you want. And so I started to develop this operating system, what I call an operating system around financial certainty. And that led to, okay, well, how do I get this out to the, to the masses? So I created this um, <clears throat> ecosystem called Certainty You, which is basically just some trainings around this idea of financial certainty. And then I built, have been in the process of building this app <clears throat> called the Certainty App. And... And so it's sort of this all this ecosystem of the book teaches the operating system. If you want to learn more about the operating system, 
you would maybe take a class uh, through certain to you, or you might sign up for the app. And eventually you probably go, could you just do all this for me and hire our CPA firm? And so it kind of fits into this flywheel of sorts ecosystem of um, overall, what I do is help people with certainty, but the book feeds into these different um, businesses that are all kind of interconnected. Okay. And so the premise of the book is these four commandments. And so what are the four commandments? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll go through the four and then I'll tell you what each one of them means. Uh, commandment number one, closer is greater than more. Commandment number two is we have to understand the difference between preference and binary. Number three is every business decision is a financial decision. And number four is uh, we always have to make asymmetric bets to the upside. So those are the four commandments uh, and sort of walk through what they mean. Closer greater is greater than more. So our business exists, finances exist to serve us. So we need every action needs to get us closer to the things that we actually want. Otherwise, what's the point? And so we often think, and I've got a ton of data on this, we often think that more is the answer, more, more employees, more clients, uh, more staff, that that's somehow the answer. It might be, but it might also actually get you further away from what you want. If you want more free time, hiring a bunch of direct reports right now is going to get you further away. So we have to understand what we want. How do we get closer to those things? Otherwise, we just always assume more. Uh, number two is that the uh, understand the difference between preference and binary. If you ask me a fact-based question, I can go Google and get the answer. But if it's a preference, which most business question, people ask me is a preference, uh, should I grow my business? Believe it or not, that is a preference. You don't have to grow your business. I mean, I'm wired to always think that I have to grow my business, but you don't have to grow your business. Uh, so you have to understand your preferences and you can't go Google m many of the answers. Um, so there's a different toolkit we have to use for processing preference-based issues versus binary issues. Uh, number three, the, the every uh, business decision is a financial decision. That's just basically to say, look, you know, more sales, that means more money getting deposited in your account. We can't fire all, wall off uh, doing business things and not looking at our finances. A lot of people call me and say, I just want to just handle all this. Okay, they're interconnected. Uh, and then number four, the asymmetric bets is that uh, money is not infinite. We don't have an infinite amount of resource. And so there's a trade-off. And if we decide to invest in one product or one idea, it potentially pre prevents us from investing in 10 others. And so we need to have a toolkit to understand Am I making a bet and investment that's asymmetric, meaning the upside is substantially greater than the downside? So we only want to make bets where the upside is substantially greater than, than the downside. Sadly, that's not what most business owners do. Okay, so help me to bridge this gap. So I'm, I'm hearing you that you are an entrepreneur, entrepreneur at heart, but yeah. you are also a CPA. You have, you have your license and you, and you practice accounting. Yeah. You write a book called Rigging the Game, and the four commandments of financial certainty are have nothing to do with taxes. They have to do with financial decision making. Yeah. How, what's what's the what's the bridge between those two things? Yeah, great question. Uh, really great question. Uh, this goes back to finance uh, and taxes is behavior based. 
So if you call me and you say, hey, Dan, should I uh, buy this truck, for example? I know I can get a tax deduction, should I buy this truck? Well, what are we trying to get closer to? Because a strategy that might save you in taxes might put you, uh, might get you further away from what you actually want because we're tying off up your, up your cash. So if what you really wanted was to uh, invest in real estate or you wanted to buy 10 more hours of free time and we invest in this truck or we do this thing to pay less in tax, now we've got further away from what we want. So if I'm going to be the best advisor from a tax perspective, my strategies need to connect back to funding your priorities. So that's one part of it is aligning my recommendations with getting you closer to what you want. The other part of what I do for folks is uh, not necessarily tax related, but just overall financial uh, engineering your cash flow in a way that again, gets you closer to things that you want. And um, more often than not, I find clients that are uh, trying to ignore the financial ramifications of a decision, don't have the toolkit. They've got a bunch of uh, maybe cliche statements that they've heard, but they don't actually understand like always uh always outsource anything that costs less than a hundred dollars like that sounds really good but depending on where your business is at and your priorities that might be a bad decision for you at that time um so we have to understand business decisions and be able to make the right bets uh, saving someone in tax might put them in a worse financial position unless you actually understand their priorities and how to help them make the right decisions. Yeah. So now, now, now you're talking, you know, Russian on the none of your business podcast and not really, but in the sense that this is a super foreign concept. What, yeah. our, our listeners, our viewers right now are saying, what do you mean that the, your CPA, what do you mean that you, you provide tax advice? First of all, like, let's talk about that. Um, Tax advice, I think that most people are just used to, you know, I, what are you talking about? I, I spend money. I send my credit card statements in at the end of the year. Yeah. They figure out something and then they tell me how much I owe. Um, it sounds like you're saying that's not what you do. Yeah. Tax preparation is uh, not tax savings. Getting someone to complete your tax return uh, is checking a box. It, it's a it's a false narrative that the person who prepared your return saved you money because they are they're just digging up the past. I joking I lovingly refer to other accountants as uh, as archaeologists. Forty two thousand firms in the U.S. If you have ten people, your firm is the four hundredth biggest. Almost every small business owner is with a team of one or a couple, and they're cranking out a ton of returns. They don't have time to think about the future, nor do they have the desire to think about the future. It's actually really hard to find and hire, I can tell from firsthand experience, accountants that wanna look to, the, look to the future. So just getting your return prepared isn't necessarily saving you money. Uh, and tax planning is nonlinear. It's not a do this, then do that, and do the following thing, because it depends on what you want. So if you told me my number one priority is pay zero tax, like, okay, well then are you open to investing in real estate? Because the single easiest way to pay zero tax is to invest in real estate. Is that your number one priority? Or if you said, hey, uh, in the next, my number one priority is that I just need more free time. Well, we 
may not want to tie up your capital in real estate if free time is a thing you need like in the next six months because maybe you've got health issues and you're or you're taking care of a family member so there's a lot of dynamic complexity in uh the tax planning because it has to serve you right my job is to uh close the gap get you closer to what you want i know you've used the analogy of google maps we need to do the same thing with our finances and say okay here's where you're at here's what you want where you want to go okay let's turn everything you want into a solvable equation right now based off your current assets your current cash flow it's going to take you 10 years to fund all this but hey if i add these five strategies in i can save you fifty thousand dollars a year in tax instead of 10 years it's going to take you five right and then if we re-engineer your cash flow instead of five years it's two right and so my job is just to show you what are the shortcuts we drive faster we don't take breaks we take this exit right uh, to keep shortening the gap getting you closer and closer and closer so for the people who are now saying <laughs> I, I don't know. I might, I might not have the right um, financial team on board. Yeah. What are some of the indications that maybe potentially I might not have the right team? Um, because well, nobody looks forward to speaking to their accountant. One of the things that I found is that most people actually do have at least some degree of relationship with their account. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to just, listen to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm getting rid of my account. It's kind of a hard thing to do. It's almost like firing a staff member or an employee. But yeah. the reality is that a lot of people might be with one of these one or two people firms that is just literally taking your pass and then writing it on a piece of paper and filing the return. And honestly, too, frankly, I, I talk about this a lot in the entrepreneurial space. Where this comes from is because the majority of the people in the United States are employed um, with a nine to five job and make an annual salary. And so then there are tax pre preparers and there's not a lot of sophisticated things usually going on in somebody that just works nine to five and gets a fixed amount and has a fixed, has fixed um, income and fixed expenses. Fairly simple. Yeah. But the yeah. viewers of the podcast, that's not your world, but because of all of the things that are out there, because I would say the same thing about investing advice. Most of the investing advice is aimed at nine to fivers that make a fixed income. And so the amount of yeah. money that they can make is fixed. And so they have to make investments because that's how, the, that's how they're going to be able to fund their retirement. Whereas you watching this podcast, you have the ability, an actual infinite ability to make as much money as you want. But with yep. that comes then the financial, as you had said earlier, Dan, the, the headaches, more money, more problems. So what are some indications that I might not be with the right accountant? Yeah, the first thing is uh, whenever you talk to your accountant and the thing, uh, when they say this year, they mean last year. So they constantly say, oh, you know, this year on this year's taxes, like they're talking about the previous year. So this year equals last year. Again, taxes is behavior based. We gotta look to the future. If you're always looking into the past, it's quite literally not possible to, to optimize and pay less in tax. So um, so one, this year equals last year, uh, inherently means they're doing no planning for you. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two is, so there's uh, understanding the, per the, the person you're working with. Do they have a philosophy? Do they have a methodology? Now, quite literally asking your account, hey, what is your philosophy? What is your methodology for helping me achieve my priorities uh, i don't i don't know uh, right if you're if your advisor doesn't have a philosophy or methodology uh 
you need to find somebody else because they inherently cannot, they're just checking boxes, right? It's almost like the underwriter who's got the list of things and I can't get, I can't move to the next thing until I check everything off on this list, right? There's a place for that, but the underwriter is not helping you make more money or get a better rate. There's checking boxes, same with the, same with the CPA. So what is their methodology? Uh, they better uh, understand your priorities, your goals. Otherwise they're making recommendations for what they would want. And my job is not to tell you what I want. My job is to tell you how to get what you want as fast as possible with the least amount of risk. Right? so my philosophy is I'm, I'm constantly running at least two races with every client, help you dramatically increase your cash flow. Paying less in tax is one of those ways. But dramatically increase your cash flow while reducing risk. Take less and less risk. Right? I can tell you from the data, uh, most people to grow their cash flow take on a disproportionate amount of risk. They take on a lot more risk, and that's why their cash flow is all over the place. They don't have a way of evaluating risk or having a conversation with their advisor about risk. I always ask people three questions when I get on the phone. Are you utilizing the Augusta loophole? Do you have an accountable plan? Are you utilizing the R&D credit? 95% of people say, I have no idea what those things are. Right? So that's just like the entree into, okay, well, there's 80 other things I could ask you, but if you said no to those three, then you're probably missing the other 80 things. Or let's take a look at your return. Do you have the de minimis safe harbor election? Every return should have this. If you don't, your CPA is not keeping up with the times. They're not helping you manage risk. So you may think they're doing a good job. Most people tell me, oh, you know, I've got, they're a nice person. I think they're doing a good job. I mean, I can never get a hold of them, but they seem like a nice, nice person to feel like you're doing a good job. Uh, do you have the de minimis safe harbor election? 95% uh, plus no. 95% plus say no to Augusta Loophole Accountable Plan R&D credit. So that's well, just an entryway into you're probably overpaying by 30% to 100%. Now, many of our clients, we get them to 0% tax um, because it aligns with their priorities, what they're trying to trying to achieve. Yeah, and unfortunately for a lot of our listeners, you find yourself in that situation where, you know, you started out all hyped up and you're like, this is going to be great. But then, you know, as a business owner, it's not always great to find out that, potentially they're overpaying. I mean, nobody wants to overpay for anything, let alone taxes. Um, if anybody wanted to plug in into the ecosystem, maybe they wanted to check out the app, they wanted to, to learn more about the book, how do they plug into the Dan Nicholson world? Yeah, a couple paths. You can go to our accounting firm, Nth Degree CPAs, uh, or the Certainty app. Those are two kind of good places that get you into, uh, into our ecosystem. And you can jump in there and you'll see that Dan is a true entrepreneur. You'll be able to plug in, to his, get on his email list, let him uh, start to give you some value through a lot of the free trainings, webinars, and things that he's constantly putting out. At some point, I know you're going to realize that it's time to step up your game and to be responsible with your finances. And part of being responsible is that you understand. It's not that you're skirting taxes. It's that you understand the rules of the game. And as the book title is rigging the game, that you've taken appropriate action to get the game to produce for you the outcome that you desire. You're chasing, not the outcome that someone has arbitrarily chosen for you, whether it's a coach or even your CPA. Um, I'm going to take Dan now over into the Black Diamond Club for some exclusive questions as we get down to the nitty gritty about a little bit more of how you can apply these strategies. 
you're not yet a member of the Black Diamond Club, I want to encourage you to do that. All you need to do is go to www.blackdiamondclub.com. You're going to gain access to all of the exclusive content with every single one of the people that we bring on the None of Your Business podcast. They jump over for some after-show commentary where we break down a little further what they had talked about and how we can apply that in our own businesses. So please join us. We promise you that we'll make you feel right at home. And that's it for today's episode of the None of Your Business podcast. But as always, we promise that we'll be back again next week.